0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The beat goes on. The beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 Blooded out of
2: Charles
1: was once the rage, uh-huh. History has turned a page, uh-huh The minute's the current thing, huh Speed beat goes on, the drums keep pounding a rhythm
3: to the brain, la-da-da-da-dee, la da da da
1: The grocery store's are super To war, electrically they keep a baseball score, and the beat goes on, the beat goes on, drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain, la da 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 deep Grandma sit in chairs and rambling on this boys keep chasing
4: girls to get a kiss the cars keep up going.
5: Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, a little after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's now March 2018. And uh, regardless of what you think, feel, or believe, Prohibition still reigns supreme across the land. People are still getting locked up for pot. And um, legalization is uh, helping a few and hurting many. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we get going. Um, People think that you pass a law, allows you to do something better than you had, and you're good to go because baby steps, you know. Well, the truth is, yeah, on some level you're right. But the big picture, the big picture that, I don't know, still have yet to have anybody present an argument as to why the plants, cannabis plant or any other plant for that reason, needs to be taxed and regulated. Why does a plant need to be restricted? Why do we need to have a yoke put around our necks and be told how many plants we can grow or how many flowers we can have or what we can do with those flowers? It just doesn't make any sense to me, but for so many people, it it makes plenty of sense because what about the children? Yeah, what about the children? I, I urge, challenge, whatever you can come up with, you as a listener, somebody who believes these things, that the children need to be protected from this plant, Anybody needs to be protected from this plan. I urge you to come on the show and tell me how and tell me why. Explain it to me if you could. Because I have yet yet to uh, hear this argument presented in a way that makes sense. Sorry, I'm uh, trying to share this thing because for whatever reason, um, our Live stream feed's been all screwed up lately, and my feed has been cut off half a dozen times. So I'm not streaming a live feed this time. I'm sharing Lisa's. So I'm just now sharing it on my page where a lot of people have found it in the past, and maybe that'll help. So we now have one feed, and it's hopefully going to be shared on a lot of places. So for everybody who's watching this, um, Lisa has carried the, um, the sharing of the feed for the last while. Beck has picked up quite a bit of slack, but Lisa's been put into Facebook jail and is unable to do much sharing. So I'm going to ask y'all, if indeed you can, to share this feed. If we share this feed enough, more people will see it. If more people see it, why we have a bigger reach? If we have a bigger reach, our message gets out there to more people, and maybe can do. Uh, yeah, no, he can come in. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks. I'm having one of those days. You ever have one of those days where your give is um, much greater than your take and. Uh, everybody bombards you with everything all at once, and uh, nobody does what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it, and everybody does what they say they're not going to do when they say they're not going to do it. That's been my day today. However, I am not one to whine, I want to carry on, and that's what I want to talk about. We all, on any given day, are given blessings and challenges, and We always, well, I don't know what you all do or what anybody does in particular, but I sometimes feel unique to my situation. And you or I feel like sometimes that, you know, nobody understands. Yeah, probably. Nobody cares, that's for sure. And the truth is, it's okay. We all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses, we all have our blessings, we all have our challenges. What boils down to is what do we do with it? What are our priorities? What do we decide is important enough? Is it important enough to listen to somebody, to not ask them five times, what did you say because I didn't bother listening to you? Hopefully. Is it important enough for you to prioritize uh, that thing that you want to accomplish? In my case right now, ending prohibition. I want prohibition to end, so I do all the things I can think of to make that happen, including Put on a radio show once a week. Um, There's a lot of things that we do to accomplish goals. There's a man by the name of Dennis Perrone who passed away a couple of weeks back. He was a pioneer in the cannabis movement. He uh, uh, authored one of California's, or co-authored one of California's uh, initiatives that made a giant... um, leap forward for California as we, in in many ways, led the way in opening the door towards access, legalization, whatever you want to call it. Um, Dennis was a brilliant guy. He, he's been a, an activist for many, many years and uh, championed a lot of causes. But cannabis was a very important uh, cause to him. He supported the human solution work. He I've met him numerous times. I can't say that we were close. I never went up to his to his home, but affected um, each other's work. And uh, on more than one occasion, while we were in the process of of helping somebody, supporting a case or whatnot, um, Dennis reached out to me privately and said, "Hey, you know, thanks for what you're doing." And those were some of the little things in the world in the in the you know timeline that have. Uh, touched me because I recognize that his time has been well spent. His time has been uh, um, allocated in a way that he was able to be effective. As we get older, people die. You start to lose people in your life. And it's just a natural thing. It happens. At one point, it's going to be you. When you spend time with people that are dying, and in many cases, um, you want to help them prolong their life. you want to help them because you know something that they don't quite understand. You have an answer that might help um, you know extend or give give a lot of life to, but you know they're afraid or you know they don't want to get high so they don't want to you know take the oil that might save their lives. Um, you get frustrated. You want to help in any way you can, but, you know, you got to respect their will and their wishes. And then they pass, and you think to yourself, you know, how did I spend my time with them? And, or at least that's what I've done. And as more and more people have passed on in my life, and, and you know, as we get older, it's just what happens. The older you are, the more people you know that die. And I've I've looked at, time as you know what has become my most precious resource and i look at a goal such as ending prohibition as such a monumental goal it's it's insurmountable it's it's you know what we're up against and what we're fighting with uh, by any objective point of view would say give it up you're never going to win the people that are fighting are too few and too scattered and there's no unity amongst you. There's no, you, you have a, an army of people who don't even like each other. And they don't fight together. They fight against each other.
2: And then you have
5: the opposing side. Everybody's getting paid. They're, they're, um, they're Hessians. They're, you know, they're uh, mercenaries. So you have literally a, a mercenary army that's paid well against a ragtag bunch of people who don't generally even like each other and aren't willing to work together, aren't willing to create a phalanx, aren't willing to do what it takes to win, an objective point of view would say, give it up. You're never going to get there. I'm not an objective point of view. I'm a very subjective point of view, clearly, because I think that we can win. I think it's worth winning. I think it's worth putting out an effort every single day and and trying to uh, find a different way, try to find a different language that you can get, people to understand, and I and I can't help but think that if we can get enough people to understand how important it is, and that it affects each and every one of us, and that these little baby steps are not the answer, if we can get them to understand that, that passing a measure that tacitly allows for some things, but not others, is still going to cause some people to be criminals for a non-crime. How do we live with ourselves in that Society. How do we justify that? How do we justify the fact that says, "Oh, well, I'm following the law, so I'm okay." But that guy over there, well, he had too many plants, so it's okay for him to be penalized. It's okay for him to be punished, uh, have his freedoms and, and rights and monies taken away um, because you know he had seven plants and not six. How do we do that? How do we how do we reconcile that? How do we not acknowledge the simple truths about things such as prohibition. History has dictated that it doesn't work ever. It has never worked. There's never been one instance where a government said, you can't have this, and everybody said, okay, sure, and just gave it up willingly. It's never happened. And, you know, in some cases, like gun control, they can legislate, um, the manufacturing of a certain item, and they can say, well, you can't build it, you can't buy it, you can't sell it, so eventually, there becomes very few of them, but this is a plant, for Christ's sake, this is a plant that anybody can grow, that grows fairly easily, it's not easy to grow it well, necessarily, but it's easy to grow it, and it grows prolifically, it grows on sides of roads, where it was planted as a hemp crop, you know, 100 years ago, it's still self-propagates out there in some of these places. So to say as, as, as a matter of law, as a matter of, of um, justice, as a matter of, of legalities, that a human being or a group of human beings can or cannot possess, cultivate, transport, make stuff with, give away a plant makes no sense, just like alcohol. It's easy enough to make alcohol that people... When we were told we couldn't have it, we made it anyways. You know, not a lot of people know how to make guns. So, yes, they've been able to control them. That's about the only thing I can think of, that any government's really been able to say, no, you can't have that. Um, Religion, people have been oppressed with religion. They fought for it. They did what they felt was right, even if it broke the law. Um, there's been every kind of oppression out there, but it just never seems to work. The human spirit is one that says, I should be allowed to do what I want if it doesn't hurt anybody. There's just something inside of us that screams that, or hopefully it will continue to scream that. I feel that we're being neutered as a, as a, as a race, as a human race, um, by oppression like this. And I, I feel, unfortunately, that many people are are becoming complacent with it. They're becoming okay with less than what is right. And I feel that I've become somewhat of a revolutionary uh, because I feel that we should just do what's right. That's ridiculous. I'm just a reasonable person. I'm not out there, you know, trying to cause problems. I'm trying to cause solutions. And I'm encouraging you to do the same. So our priorities, as I was talking about, we all have our burdens. Some burdens are are physical. We hurt. We have diseases. We have uh, disabilities. We can't do this. We can't do that. That's true. We all have our blessings. We all have things that come easy to us. Every single one of us does. Um, We all have the same amount of time every day. Each one of us wakes up with the same amount of time. We're all on an even playing field. What do you do with your time? you do with it. I find myself, um, you know, increasingly annoyed at millennial uh, children, uh, 30, 40-year-old children sometimes, but I find myself increasingly annoyed with them because I feel like they don't value time. It's not my business what they value, really, but it still bothers me because I want it. I want the time that's being wasted. I haven't figured that one out yet, so I'm stuck with my 24 hours. So as a result of that, I cherish my 24 hours. So when I get bombarded with calls about silly things um, or when I have people ask me again and again the same question because they didn't bother listening to me, um, sometimes it's annoying. So today one of those days. Um, I'm going to hopefully give uh, our guests plenty of time to talk because I have a little bit of a bad attitude today. And it's my right, but I don't want to screw the show up because of it. So I have today with me a dear friend of mine, a uh, member of the Human Solution, and a chapter coordinator, and beyond that, he's now our membership coordinator, and uh, his name is Albert Thomas, and Albert will be co-hosting the show with me today. Albert, why don't you say hi. There's the camera right there. You are live on the air. (laughs) You and me and my bad attitude.
6: (laughs) Well, Joe, it's all right. I understand. You know, um, and I just really am um, grateful for what you're doing here, and I want to say thank you to Lisa, too, for the work that she puts in. Uh, you guys kind of sprung this on me today, but I'm... All Oh, it's
5: know, all right. I'll bring on it on my, my damn self every day. It's, you can't screw up. It's, uh, it's just fine. Yeah. There's no rules, or, or, or the rules are few and far between, and, uh, you know, like I said, today's a good day to be a co-host. <laughs> okay. yeah. so, some days are better than others. Today's a good day.
6: Well, I Googled it real quick, but. <laughs> yeah. I said, "What am I gonna do here?" You
5: know, but. Uh, oh, it's um, all right. We're just gonna talk. Uh we nice. right. We're we're hanging out, gonna have a cup of Joe. That's what we're doing. Oh, so. Good. I got my cup of Joe. I got my cup of Joe. Looks like you got one too. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, that's really the nature of this show: is uh, we hang out, we share a cup of Joe. Today we have kind of an open mic show but we do have a couple of guests going to be here um dana beal is going to be with us today and uh he'll be calling in probably just after craig cecil gets off Hmm. um and dana beal is uh been around for a long time he's a long time activist Mm -hmm. um and he picked up a case in california and uh Now, it's a funny thing because everybody thinks, oh, we're we're legal now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I keep saying it's bullshit, but nobody wants to hear that. Everybody feels like it's legal. And, um, you know, I had some guests come over yesterday. They're from the East Coast. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they went to a, a, a shop that was a legal shop. And they went to go get some medicine. Well, they're medical patients, but they're not from california but they're from massachusetts where they have a medical program in massachusetts Hmm. well they went to go pick up some medicine and um, they were charging god what was it it was something like six hundred dollars an
6: ounce
5: and and the the lady said to the shop owner you know what the hell how is this it's just the high taxes that's all it is it's just the taxes and everybody's so cool with that Everybody's cool with the taxes. Well, here's uh, Craig Cecil. So we're going to go ahead and go right on into this with Craig. And, uh, we have a prepaid call.
1: You will not be charged for this call. What's us call it from. Craig Cecil. An inmate end. a This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Dial 5 net. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe is
5: about the same here well oh, I think he just cut out. hopefully he can call back. I don't know what happened. just a bad signal, I guess, Damn it, all right, well, you know that's one of the one of the screwed up things about doing a a show like this is um the only way I'm able to really do it is uh I have eight, one landline and I have one cell phone
6: mm. and
5: Craig calls the cell phone and you know I live at the end of a dirt road where there's not always a good signal so sometimes the cell phone does not uh give a good signal hopefully Craig will call back very shortly but anyways we're talking about Dana Beal who I think is just getting on the line right now um mm. But in California, um, you know, I was telling you about these friends of mine who just last night were over, and they were, you know, in a legal store, and they were uh, just really upset about having to pay $300 for half an ounce of weed. And, um, you know, again, all in the name of the taxes, and they were thin. But we're medical patients, and the guy says, well, that's sorry, this is how we do it here. This is how we have to do it.
6: So it's all recreational?
5: Well, no, there's still technically medical in california but not every shop mm-hmm. is a medical shop hmm. so the license stores that are licensed as a rec store are not interested in the medical and i'm not sure how it all works i don't think you can be both maybe you can i don't know but anyways this store that they went to in particular um wasn't going to hear of it and so you know she walked out there said screw it all go get something on the black market instead <laughs> no. and um, yeah. i think her husband ended up sticking around and getting a little something there but you know that's the the nature of of legal mm-hmm. and um it, it it's really kind of people don't understand what it's doing uh what it's doing to the farmers um you know, it's a funny thing, the, the price to the farmers has gone down to a fraction of what it was. In fact, there's farmers in Oregon uh, that are rolling up their tents and saying, I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it for me to grow pot in Oregon anymore because there's just so damn many people doing it. And you've got licensed stores buying it for two, dollars $300 a pound from the legal growers, and then they're turning around and selling it for five, $600 an ounce. And that's, you know, all in the name of taxes, folks. Mm -hmm. Tax and regulate. That's what we signed on for. We said we wanted this. Um, Well, some of you guys did. I didn't. Um, And I've been very adamant about this the whole time. And, you know, when you talk to some of these um, activists who I, you know, still respect their work, even if I don't agree with their uh, philosophies, You know, they feel like, well, we just have to give something to get something. Mm. We have to give in to get what we want or it will never happen. And I think to myself, what if the, what did you call them, the Minutemen thought that about the British Army?
6: Mm.
5: You know, well, maybe we should just, you know, give up a little bit because, you know, we don't want them to uh, think that, uh, you know, we're too formidable of a foe that, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you can't give in halfway. The Civil War didn't end until it was done, and it wasn't going to keep going on, even though there were people that were still fighting for a little while. At the end of the day, when it was over, it was over, and there was no question it was over. Mm -hmm. And it took America a good long while before we, you know, have, have cleaned up that mess to some degree. We've still got a ways to go, but the actual fighting the actual battle when it was over it was over um and you look at every major civil rights game that's happened and you know we don't we don't give up or or take a, just a little baby step and say okay haha <laughs> we won it's okay now we passed a law we don't do that but somehow in this case we're just okay with it it just it it, it just drives me nuts mm-hmm. so we got Dana Beale, who um got picked up He'll tell the story again. Um, had a few pounds of pot. Mm-hmm. Trinity County, the Emerald Friggin Triangle. The, the, this is the, one wow. of the key places in California where cannabis has grown prolifically for generations.
6: 40
5: years. And guess what? They're charging him with felonies. Ouch. Felonies in California. Now, I have people that I'm friends with that are activists. on social networking the other day about California uh, being rated the lowest quality of life while we still have the highest taxes and I (laughs) said to myself how's that all working out you know just a snide sarcastic comment on on the idea of overtaxing and and relying on the government for all your goodness doesn't work out never does never has never will and anybody wants to have a conversation about it I, I welcome you to come on in here and let's talk you know I mean unless you're Talking about, the, um, you know, Norway and Sweden that have gigantic uh, natural resources and nobody living there, there's very few examples of these kind of, of ways that it work. High taxes, and the government takes care of everything. It only works when you've got a million people in your country. If you've got any more than that, sorry, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And it certainly isn't going to work in America, and it hasn't and it won't. And yet, here we are. Here we are. California it's raised the tax, raised the tax. What about the children? You always hear, what about the children? We need to increase this and increase that. And it's like, well, what happened to the last damn tax? Mm-hmm. What happened? You did this last week, last month, last year. Our sales taxes are the highest in the country, mm-hmm. our business taxes are the highest in the country. It just goes on and on. Property taxes, everything. If it wasn't for Prop 13 back in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, nobody would be able to afford a house except for that. One-tenth of 1%. <laughs> yeah. It's just the nature of this, okay? And yet, we keep getting squeezed. We just got hit with another 30-cent gas tax. Can you believe it? Another 30-cent gas tax because, you know what, we needed it. Okay.
6: So, so on that, house, how much of it was the tax and how much of it was?
5: More like than 25% of it was tax. And I believe that she um, caught them in some sort of a error, which, they still kind of stood by their own mistake and said, "Ah, oh, that's too bad, that's how much it is. And so they were not only, um, you know, liable for this tax, but they had capitalized on it and basically said, hey, you don't have to go here if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that was their, th- their thinking. They had enough, enough business that, you know, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to do it if you don't like it.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: So that's what's happened here in California with legalization. It's it's a crock of shit, folks. It doesn't work.
6: So they're going to regulate it into the ground.
5: Well, what they're going to do is they're going to regulate it so hard that the black market's going to continue to thrive. Mm -hmm. And the black market continuing to thrive, frankly, is okay by me. You know, people talk about, oh, well, it's not tested and it's not this and it's not that. Well, guess what, folks? You know what? They still have yet to prove a single death that was caused by cannabis. Regardless of all the pesticides that have been used and regardless of all the bug shit that might be on it, regardless of all the terrible ways it's grown, regardless of the mold and the fungus, Mm -hmm. there still is yet one person that's been proven to have died from it. So I I, I say, why don't we have a real conversation about science and about reality? Why don't we actually rely on facts rather than fears and rhetoric
6: mm-hmm.
5: so anyways we've got dana Beale here with us and uh we're going to hear the story from him and let's see what's going on and he's got a court date coming up next week in trinity county the middle of the emerald triangle where everything's okay and unicorns fart rainbows and and everything is lovely because everybody gets to grow pot wait mm-hmm. dana Beale. Dana, you are live on the air. Welcome to
1: the show.
4: How are you doing today? Yeah, the hearing is at 1.30. It's a big mystery because they told the video crew there is no hearing. It's just a pro forma appearance. But my lawyer believes that we have 90 minutes of a preliminary hearing. And so it could be pretty important. I'm trying to persuade the uh, billyorker that they should come if, you know, there's a real 90-minute event happening. But right now, we have to tell everybody to show up. It won't be bad to show up. Uh, There's a history of judges rolling in favor of the defense just because there's a lot of community support. But I think it's a little strange that, you know, they should be trying to give me a year in county jail for 22 pounds of pot when other people are getting a, a desk appearance ticket for that. And I think it's because programmed into, you know, law enforcement by rap sheets is this premise that I'm like an habitual criminal who belongs in prison as a lifelong felon forever. And that they are making no uh, concession whatsoever on account of, oh, it was legalized. Well, wait a minute, it's legalized. What happens to the people who are not only like activists, but who, like Dennis Perone. Dennis Perone did time in jail. He was in jail when Harvey Milk was assassinated. Dennis Perone was shot um, by the cops. That's why I went out and met him in 1978. And uh, we... We're trying to start a Dennis Brown Museum and big pot supermarket um, in the Castro District in honor of Dennis. I'm going to be at his uh, memorial on Sunday at the Fleur, um, which is, you know, a few blocks from Dennis's house on 17th Street. But I would um, really like people to come to that. And uh, then come up to Trinity County. Um, the other really interesting thing is, huh, of all the people, maybe this is the real, real reason that they, they have me on some kind of a list. Um, of all the people, they might have arrested for pot. They got the couple of guys who were working on a game for that opiate crisis. And Ibogaine is this psychedelic drug for Africa that turns out to get rid of heroin overnight. It was invented by the marijuana movement because we were concerned about some of our friends who, you know, got strung out on opiates, and we wanted a way of getting people off opiates that wouldn't involve enlisting them in a 12-step program where the very first thing they'd have to do was denounced marijuana. In other words, he wanted a marijuana-friendly treatment for heroin. And um, my friend Howard Lappsok told me about this stuff in 1974, right after Nixon resigned. He says, "I took this, and when I woke up after you know tripping uh, for 30 hours and then going to sleep, I had no more craving. I, I didn't want to do heroin." And, and, you know, I thought this is really, like, really interesting, but we didn't do anything because <clears throat> the uh, party line from Normal and my clients at the time was we have to get marijuana legalized first before we can do anything. And then they turned around and they were trying to legalize cocaine at the same time. You know, so it wasn't, they weren't being consistent. And uh, we had a bad problem in New York City in the marijuana movement with a couple people turning everybody on to heroin, we needed to do something. So in December of 1980, after Raven got elected and we knew,
2: we're not going to legalize
4: we started uh, developing a library. And uh, it took uh, 10 years, but we were able to go to the government because we had the patents uh, and insist that they sort of reach a research program. Which they did do, and it was uh, abandoned only because uh, people tried to steal the patents, and it was a big patent dispute, which is a shame because now – I was just down in Maryland at the House of Delegates there trying to do a new clinical trial at Johns Hopkins um, because there are just so many people on opiates. And they have nothing. I mean, you can't see Suboxone is really anything, you know. So they have nothing compared to compared to Ibiza. So anyway, the point is, um, I was like, instead of like kind of admitting that maybe they had the wrong guy, this woman said that uh, I I was uh, I had a past involving um, possession of machine guns. Which is just a lie, you know, and they're trying to make me out to be uh, a violent criminal when, you know, the most unconventional thing I'm doing is that I have a African rainforest cure for drugs. Hello? No, no, no. I'm here. I'm
1: okay. listening.
4: Yeah, well, um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think maybe I'm being targeted because of uh, the other stuff I'm doing?
5: I, I think that I, 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 I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I, I watch as we support people who have been defendants, and I watch the people that get chosen um, to get, you know, hit with the, the tip of the spear, and almost – Almost 100% of the time, the people that get targeted are people that are outspoken in some arena. It may be
1: um, in the
5: cannabis movement, it may be in some other type of uh, civil rights, um, a championing a cause, it may be political, but typically the people that get targeted the hardest are people that have um, a voice in some arena. So for that, I would have to say that uh, it doesn't surprise me. Targeting you in a place where they're not targeting you. Basically, according to law, they're supposed to hit you with some kind of a fine and a misdemeanor charge. Instead of what they're trying to do to you, right? Yeah, and it's really pure
4: conjecture on their part. That there was any interstate um, activity involved at all. I mean, I'm now trying to start a dispensary in the classroom. And we can see uh, a few months ago that unfortunately Dennis was not going to be with us that much longer. That's a terrible thing that they never let Dennis Barone run a dispensary after 1970. And if anybody deserves equity restitution, is the family and friends of Dennis Perron. His brothers, his close friends like me, uh, his husband, John Entwistle. We deserve a license. Now, I don't know. They, They supposedly have a new state license, and they might not have the equity restitution program that they have in Oakland and to some extent in San Francisco. Anymore But if they want to bring people In from the cold People who've honorably who Supplied good product At a fair price For 50 years They might Give me a license Instead of like Putting me in prison for a year I mean what is legalization Worth If the people who you know went to prison for medical marijuana, don't get licensed. And by the way, you know, I, I died. You know, I had a headache and I was dead because, because these guys kept feeding me milk in the county jail. So I, I made the ultimate sacrifice. And then they put me back in prison for two more years.
5: Yeah, it's we lost a in museum.
4: That's why I'd like to have a Dennis Barrow museum. I've already run a museum, but you know, it was shut down due to uh, legal harassment.
1: Well, I, um, you know, it, it. Again, I, I continue to uh,
5: sometimes feel like I'm speaking to a wall because people don't believe that this can happen. People um, have been duped by the California law and the justice. And they feel that because the law was passed that everybody's got a clean go-ahead to do whatever they want. And it, it's just not that way. We still
1: have a lot of work to do. And I, I believe very
5: strongly, and I've watched it happen, that when people stand together, that an injustice is happening, that government starts paying attention. And especially in a place like Trinity County, where there's not a lot of people and there's less law enforcement, people stand up together and say, what the hell are you doing here? Um, you know, if you can look at the economy of Trinity County and take cannabis out of the equation, Trinity County would have no economy whatsoever. It would dry up and be gone. And yet, they feel like they're, they're, they get a pick and choose, target a, a, a person or two here and there um, with it. So, I'm, I'm hoping very strongly that we can get a turn out of people up there and um news coverage and and shine a light on this. What the hell is going on? Why are you guys picking on one or two people here and there when it's got an entire economy that's driven by this, this very same plan?
4: Well yeah, it's not only that. You know, when they had the little uh article about me in the local paper it was completely surrounded by a huge front page article on Trinity County's opiate crisis. Yeah. I mean, they need ibogaine, so much so that some of my local supporters there, Brian Hill, were already setting up a facility in Costa Rica to give ibogaine treatments at a reduced rate to the local <laughs> opiate addicts in the county. So uh, they should be giving us some kind of public award instead of threatening us with with jail. They need what we have. But it's just, you know, they wouldn't believe that marijuana had all these medical effects. If they have a Schedule one drug, by definition, it's not supposed to have any medical effects. And if you prove there's a medical effect, you know, that's, that's like... They take it as a personal insult that you found something interesting that, like, marijuana does or Ibogaine does. You know, Ibogaine cures Parkinson's disease. Very small amounts of Ibogaine. Too too little to trip, you know. The people get back their ability to, like, button their shirt again.
1: Well, you know, and
4: it uh, it, it works really well with the the CBD oil for the tremor. The Ibogaine doesn't do anything for the tremor. So in the future, people are going to be using a combination of CBD oil and a little bit of Ibogaine with their Parkinson's bed. And, you know, they're going to be able to have much more normal functioning and prolong their life.
5: No, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it seems that the government, uh, anything that works on a real basis, uh, the government has been pretty quick shut down. I mean, if you remember the cancer drug, Laetrile, way back when, um, you know, the government shut that down. There's, there's vitamin B therapies that the government has shut down. There's stem cell research that the government has shut down. Ibogaine is another one. Kratom is another one. I mean, they're just one after another. And then
4: cancer that, that
5: is, what it is, is, you know,
4: pot, cranum, and ibidine are all good for opiate detox, but they're not really approved for that. They only have one form of opiate detox, Suboxone, and you tend to become a different than Suboxone instead of it really being a different detox. Marijuana is well, much better for heroin detox than Suboxone, and that Suboxone is the only thing that you're allowed to do. Is it any wonder you they have a problem, or they
5: they're not using what's out there? I think if you if we just look at the facts as they are, and you look at the influencers, and you look at the pharmaceutical companies, the law enforcement, or the the and the lobby goes on. It is a manufactured drug that companies make a whole lot of money. on. gain is a that we can figure out how to make the cells if we have the ingredients. And it's just something that they can't control. They don't necessarily want us to get better. They want us to remain good. That's how drug economy works. Listen, Dana, uh, we got a pretty rough signal. I'm having um, a little bit of a hard time hearing you, but I do want to get the details about... Uh, your Wednesday hearing go and on. exactly
4: yeah, course, one thing, one thing. Time. I'm here with my co-defendant Chase, Chase uh, Stancer and he wanted to say one thing about the cops forcing us off the road absolutely go
2: ahead yeah, they've done this to me twice when they mugged us in Oregon they did the same kind of thing but here in these whining twisting mountains in these uh, in uh, Trinity County a bad road with signs of uh, current rocks falling they're driving behind me with their bright lights on, blinding me from the inside of the car by illuminating the inside of the car riding my bumper and manufacturing the circumstances that they use as an excuse to stop us in the first place and they do this not just to me but to everybody I've seen cops get in front of me and then Jake break and slow down in front of me and then say I was following too close it's a bunch of crap, these cops are pathological liars, they're trained to be this way And they're a menace on the road. So when they legalize pot in California, these cops, they don't want to change their day-to-day. They still want to be around roughing up people and being a a menace on the roads. And I think, you know, I guess it's safe to assume that I'm talking to an audience of cannabis liberation activists. So I'm not going to guard my words. Pot is the anti-drug. The pot movement has something that all of America wants. We're not just asking for something for ourselves, like we're self-indulgent marijuana users we have something that everybody wants first of all we have the safe substitute to hard drugs and then for those people that don't take the safety nets we have the antidote to hard drug addiction and ibogaine and ibogaine and pot are synergistic if you give somebody pot after the ibogaine treatment it increases the success rate of the treatments people have also of course gotten themselves off of heroin just by eating pot. So we know that pot isn't not only just not addictive, it's anti addictive. And now with the Abigail research, we know why. So I just want to get that piece in. Uh, don't believe the lies. They slandered me in the paper saying I'm a bad driver. I'm a highly trained, well skilled professional driver. And there's no way I'm swerving or I'm going 10 miles under the speed limit in one article and then 10 miles over the speed limit in the other article. At least if they're going to lie, they could get the damn story straight. So we got to get these pigs back on their leash. California's got to start, but I tell you, even in a state where it's legal, the battle continues, and they're still taking prisoners. They're still mugging people. In Michigan, when they went medical only instead of for the whole enchilada, I told them that you were just putting the patients on the front lines, and now in Michigan they're still doing smash-and-grab burglaries, stealing the cash registers, and busting up marijuana shops in Detroit. Patients. So the struggle continues, people. Let's not get... It's not rusting our laurels. It's not going to be over when we impeach Trump. It's not going to be over if we have a President Pelosi. we got to keep pushing. I'm going to hand you back to Dana now. But this is Jay, Jay Day Statzer. You can find me on YouTube at Jay Says Cures, Not Wars. Oh,
5: well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, yeah, you know, I always uh, want to give the other guy a to say something. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. and And, you know, you're... You have come to a friendly audience, I can assure you. Um, Why don't you give us the details about the where, when uh, of your of hearing?
4: Well, in Weaverville, in Weaverville, there is a um, courthouse. It's on the main road, Uh, you know, the road that goes from like Redding, comes into town from Redding, and. uh, at 1:30, uh, we're supposed to be there, and I'm trying to figure out how long it is. But I've been warned that, indeed, you know, unless the other side asks for an adjournment, we have to be ready for our preliminary hearing.
1: But you're saying the um, hearing begins at
4: okay. 1:30 in the afternoon. Okay, so but right afterwards, after lunch, We're great. going to the big lounge in uh, Hayport, about 24 miles away, and we're going to be doing my uh, history of marijuana lecture, 100 years okay. of marijuana history and the rise of, of movement and the drug war. So that should be all, uh, starting about, like, 5 in the afternoon and going on until 9 o'clock at night. And, all right, uh, Excellent. This place has great smoke. There's a lot of different kinds <laughs> of pot, and you know they, they have uh, uh, uh they have dabs. It's a Dab Lounge. It's called the Green Dragon, okay. and sure uh, it's right it's right like in the equivalent of downtown B-Court, even though Beaverton has not downtown.
5: Got it. All right, well I will get the the details and get them posted on our website. And um, hopefully we've got enough people up there that become aware of this, and we can get
4: the courtroom well, back tonight. Well, I will we'll we green dragon also because we want people to come after court. You know, get all nice and toasty.
5: Yeah, once once everybody's there, um, you know, and the the hearing's all over, that's when you know we get to enjoy ourselves a little bit. So, absolutely, folks, when you when you come out to court, you know you. Up, you go in, you, you fall in the belly of the beast for a little while, then you come out, spend some time together and do some fellowship and some meditating uh, and some, uh, some relaxing. So, you know, we try to turn it around on them. It, it's a difficult thing to go through, and uh, sometimes it's a difficult thing to But when you get out there, you're already out there. You might as well, uh, you know, spend some time together. Well, Dina, i got Craig Cecil calling back from federal prison right now, so I'm going to go ahead and...
4: Thank you very uh,
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Maiden, federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline
5: the call or to expect dial 5. Hello, Craig. Auto, All right. Hopefully we can stay together this time. I'm not sure what happened, but you bounced off right as soon as uh, you came on. Well, I think it was the phone here. The phone. It was one of the
1: phones that was supposedly fixed. Apparently it wasn't. Okay. Well,
5: <laughs> you're good now. You got a good clear, uh, good clear line. We were literally just got off the phone with the guy who picked up a case in California. And he's a guy who um, has been a longtime advocate. He's been a, a, a cannabis activist since the 70s. He's also been a proponent of the, of the drug Ibogaine, which is a, a natural uh, uh, herb that helps people to kick heroin and other uh, addictive drugs. Um, and he's been pretty outspoken about it. But he was driving around up in Trinity County, California, where it's literally what they call the Emerald Triangle, the the heart of the uh, Northern California cultivation district. And he got picked up. The one of the drivers said that the cops got right up on him in a mountain road and and blinded them with their you know their bright lights as they drove up real close to him, and then pulled them over, saying they were driving erratically. And found some pot, and now they're facing felony charges in California um, where it's supposed to be legal.
1: (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I mean, unfortunately, law enforcement too many times are bound by the law. I mean, courts don't seem like they are much of the time.
5: Well, you know what? A lot of times it is, you know, if people that live in the cities in America. Um, I think sometimes have the notion that all of America is big city. But if you ever get up in an airplane and fly across America, you realize that most of America has nothing on it. It's just a bunch of open land and a city here and a city there. And when you have these rural areas, which is probably 85% of America, you have people that have uh, positions of power, and they have those positions of power for a long time, and they, and they have it unopposed. And nobody challenges their power. And they get used to things being a certain way. And you get used to roughing up out-of-towners and shaking them down. And, um, you know, cannabis being illegal is just the easiest door, doorway into that. You know, I smell pot, therefore I get to search your car. And then I get to find something wrong. And if I don't, we let the court figure it out. And I think a lot of them just don't want to let go of that. They just don't want to, uh, you know, give up the comfort and power of of that kind of a a relationship.
1: It reminds me of an instance I had years ago, leaving a ZZ Top concert up in the middle of Wisconsin, driving down the two-lane road, and the police pulled me over. It turns out the speed limit dipped from 55 to 35
5: for the distance of this one barn that was right along the side of the highway. Yeah, they call that a barn. In, in exchange for that, for $130, you could leave. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they, so, this right. is just the new version of that. <laughs> exactly. Well, once again, though, uh, you know, we're, we're rallying the people. We're trying to get people to come out there and show up in court and show their support. And, you know, we believe very strongly that it's not the law that's going to dictate what happens in policy. It's the people. And when enough of us stand up every time that there's an injustice, those injustices tend to start going away, regardless of what the law says. So we're certainly hoping that we get a good showing. and us uh, call from a federal prison. I'm hoping one day we don't have to deal with this. I mean, I'm hoping one day... You know, we just don't get anybody calling in anymore because they just stopped.
1: I would hope so. I would hope so. And, unfortunately, there's no plans to to free all of us yet. But uh, I think uh, the more and more that marijuana is being accepted, and hopefully the Congress will eventually decriminalize it, you know, it will just make our sentences, you know, our ridiculous sentences look more ridiculous if there's such a word. <laughs>
5: Well, I think, um, you know, things are escalating. We've got uh, the U.S. Attorney General squaring off with California right now, and, um, you know, it, it's not just about cannabis. It's about the whole sanctuary thing, and, um, you know, I'm not even going to get into what my opinion is about that, but the bottom line is, is California is standing up to the federal government, as it has many times in the past, and it's resting on the Tenth Amendment as its sovereign state um, ability to do what it wants outside of the Commerce Clause and National Defense and, and a few of the things that the Supremacy Clause would regulate. Um, but when we're talking about these, you know, um, uh, sanctuary state, then you're dealing with immigration, and that's a federal purview. So. It's a square off that I don't know how it's going to go down. Um, but the bottom line is is I think that the California Attorney General and the governor, well, I'm not even going to get into my opinion about our governor, but um, they're at least standing together united and, and, and squaring off against the federal government. So we'll see where it goes. Well,
1: hopefully the federal government will decide to just get a. Regulation all the other bits of the states as it should be. Well, unfortunately, you know this is time of night here that uh, all our phones get shut off. It's uh,
5: nearly nine o'clock
1: here. <laughs>
5: well, I, am I'm, I'm,
1: I give you the last few seconds. Well, I, you know, again, I, I just have to try to encourage everybody. Get a hold of Congress. Get the federal government out of the medicine. Out of the medicine now. that to be better than ptsd than all these other terms the va is handing out even the va is asking to give our troops who have to be the most important people to the federal government but they want to give our troops marijuana to alleviate their ptsd symptoms and i can't think of any rational reason why you know we wouldn't give our troops you know the best of everything they need well,
5: i couldn't agree with you more craig and uh... As always, uh, it's good to hear from you, and, um, you know, hopefully uh, sooner than later we'll be uh, sharing a fishing hole up on the side of some river somewhere. And there he goes. That was it. Well, folks, you know, this is part of why we do this show. I've said before, um, even if I didn't have a single listener um, or a single guest that wanted to talk, I would do this show uh, at least for 15 minutes so that Craig Cecil would have a way to, to, to share his voice with the rest of the world. Um, you know, they've taken his freedom for a crime that didn't have a victim. And there's not enough people outraged about that. There's not enough people that um, feel that it's worth their time to do something about it. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of people that are making money off of cannabis today. Cannabis businesses are rampant. There's cannabis investors. There's Mm -hmm. cannabis um, uh, amusement parks. There's hotels. There's stores of every kind. There's every kind of product. There's every kind of, of, of service. And yet, Craig Cecil sits in prison. And the people that are benefiting from all the hard work that so many people have done aren't outraged about it enough to do something about it. I believe that even if just all the people that were benefiting from cannabis today got together and spoke with one voice, I believe if just they got together we could end this. So um, again having a little bit of a frustrated day, and that's one of the reasons why. Why the hell haven't we fixed this so far? Why is Craig Cecil still in prison? It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't It doesn't add up. And yet, I got people uh, that have no problem coming here and there and, and buying this and buying that and, and, and complaining about they didn't like this or that wasn't doing it for them or, or people, you know, go, oh, I make this, I make that. Look, buy this, buy this for me. And yet... Greg Cecil's in prison. He doesn't get to have anything or do anything. But we can give him 15 minutes to, to speak to the community. So um, that's how it is. All right. Um, we've got a few people on the line right now. We've got Tom Corby. Um, we got Pete Yapel And we got Glenn Keeling all in queue to speak. Um, but i got Albert Thomas with me right now, and we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, his experience as, as he's come to us from uh, from a case in Oklahoma to uh, moving out to Hawaii and, and launching a chapter out there, and, um, you know, you, you were able to experience some of the things I told you you were going to experience. Uh, it, it's really hard for anybody who, who decides they want to become an activist or decides they want to do something and they... They hear good things about the human solution, oh the human solution they do such good work. Yeah. It's hard work. It's not easy work. And and you know, half the people that need it don't even want it. Yeah. And um half the people that do want it don't have anybody around them willing to help. And <laughs> and it's this sort of conundrum that we that we battle. We we get people willing to help in places where nobody wants to help uh-huh. and then we get people that want to help in places where nobody's willing to help. And we're spread out all across the globe. You know, we have, we have members and chapters, um, I don't know, in 30-some 30, 30 states, chapters in various stages of, of uh, existence. Some mm-hmm. haven't heard a word from them in, in years. Others, um, they're active. I talk to them two, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Hawaii, you fairly quickly found a case. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened? I mean, you moved out there, and within a month of being there, uh, you came to me and said, I, I found a case. What did you do?
6: How did you do it? I was, uh, actually, it found me. Okay. I was on Facebook, and um, someone put out that Michael Ruggles was going to be appearing in court. Uh-huh. And um, I knew Michael, I knew Mike from when I had been in Hawaii before. I know the work that he was doing. And as a matter of fact, I was really impressed with him. The uh, dispensary model as opposed to the co-op model is what he was introducing to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's similar to what we heard from these guys up north, that it, it's almost like it's a personal vendetta for some people in city government to just come after people. seems that and, way. They, yeah. they pick and choose who they go after and who they don't. It, it is. Uh, it's interesting because Mike is actually. It's a code violation. Yeah. That they're in. crazy. So it's. It's again. It's, the, it's So we go from the law against this plant now to regulations that are going to do the same thing. What's the, the difference?
5: Law. If you got to go to court and you're facing jail time, who cares if it's a code violation or yeah. or a misdemeanor or a felony? If the if the result is the same.
6: And and you're facing like even life. My sentences with is this crazy is if this it's ridiculous? even so
5: much as a as a hundred dollar fine it's yeah, ridiculous it is
6: absolutely. If, if
5: it's uh, the possibility of even having your your own weed seized it's yeah. ridiculous it's pretty, there is exactly. no th- there. Sh- the only punishment that there should be is if you stole somebody else's yeah or caused harm to somebody else's you know yeah burnt their crop down or something hey that's a crime that's you, you have a victim
6: it's it's crazy we're we're so busy you know. Working, trying to eliminate this legislation and regulations and everything. When really, what we should be doing is making this plant all it can be. You know, but we—that oh, we, would make sense. We're spinning our wheels with this law enforcement stuff, and and folks could be being healed. This plant has so much to offer. And, you know, that's really where my interest is. But in the meantime, well,
5: I believe very, very strongly that. What we do, what we want, if we want it strong enough, we're willing to do something about it. And, you know, like George Martin he'll be on the show a little bit later. One of his messages, and, and I, I try to echo that message, I believe it's a good one, mm-hmm. is all we have to do is talk about it. Yeah. Just have a conversation. But speak with facts. Mm-hmm. Speak with knowledge. Truth. You know, I hear so many wrong information out there so much wrong information out there it drives me nuts i'm going to give a couple of examples and it's a ridiculous stupid little thing yet it makes us look so stupid hmm. how many people do you hear and i'm not saying this to be insulting it's just it's just something that's wrong let's say oh um i i i'm looking for a strand of pot <laughs> there's no strand of pot okay it makes you look like an idiot when you say the word strand and pot together okay there's a strain
1: yeah
5: go look up on the dictionary what is a strain it's a variety a type of a strand is a piece of thread a strand is a is a is a string a a, a single long little piece it's not there's a strand of dna a strand of rope a strand of you know, a strand at the beach. It's a long, narrow road. There's no strand of pot, folks. There isn't one. And yet, why do we talk like it? Like like ignorant people? I don't understand it. Then I saw somebody posted something about, um, they were talking about drugs. And somebody came up and said, oh, pot's not a drug. It's a plant. Well, okay, why don't we first, before we talk like that, why don't we get our definitions clear? Mm-hmm. What is a drug? What is a drug? Well, let's look it up real quick. It's going to take me three seconds, which you all could do just the same. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go to Google and type in drug, a medicine or other substance that ha- which has a psychological, a physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. A physiological effect. That mm-hmm. means Any chemical of any kind, it doesn't matter if it comes from a plant, a mineral, uh, a a test tube, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Sugar (laughs) is a drug. Food is a drug. Chocolate's a drug. There's so many drugs. Everything's a drug, folks. (laughs) So when you say to yourself, and and righteously so, yes, it is a plant. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be characterized the same way as dangerous drugs are by any stretch. Mm -hmm. But to say it's not a drug, it's just ignorant it is. folks and and I just you know I wish I wish so much that the good people that care so much and are willing to have a voice I wish that we would get our facts straight I wish that we would um, speak with eloquence I wish that we would speak with forethought I wish we would speak with knowledge more so than just with passion and 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 drive because you're going to reach some people, even if you're speaking wrong.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: But the people that we're trying to change, just laugh. I say, see, look at you, a bunch of dumb stoners. They don't even know what a drug is. Hmm. Okay, so I just, I, I, I implore, as we're going along, I spend time, I don't spend a lot of time on, on the computer. I spend even less time on social media. But when I do and I see something like that, hmm. it just drives me nuts. So anyways, that going into this is, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with all kinds of misinformation. We're dealing with people uh, writing their own laws, doing mm-hmm. what they want, the way they want to. The chances are Mike Ruggles um, pissed some people off. No doubt. And and, and the truth is, is, is Hawaii in, in, in a lot of ways is, a, you know, kind of like the Ozarks in the sense of it's just a small-town small community. Town. Even though it's a big tourist uh, industry, you get into the – the fabric of the community, and it's, it's a bunch of families that have lived together for generations, and they yeah. all know each other, and they all know who isn't part of there, and they all have, you yeah. know, the, the, the intricacies of a small-town environment, and uh, when you deal with law enforcement and you feel, deal with um, small-town communities is, is, is a, a very strong, yet very fragile type of a community. And if you can get a small-town community to stand together for any reason, it can be very powerful and almost impossible to break. And if you have control over a small-town community on any level, you don't want to let go of that. And Mm -hmm. as a law enforcement in a small-town community, when you get somebody that rises up as a community organizer or a community leader or a rabble-rouser or whatever Mm -hmm. they want to call him and starts talking about things that – maybe make a little too much sense to the people and not so much sense to the government, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they say, you know, let's go ahead and do something about that. And that's, that's the kind of thing that happens. Um, When it happens, it's important to get the community to stand up and be united. Um, And I, I think unfortunately in a lot of ways, the people that have the strength to stand up against the government, a lot of times, you know, are busy, just doing everything for themselves, Mm -hmm. and I find it very difficult to engage those people, so much so. I've watched these people over and over again, uh, in in not so many words, but, yeah, in so many words, reject the health of the human solution Mm -hmm. and end up in prison. I've watched a guy in North Carolina, I'm not going to go throw names around, Mm -hmm. but a big activist, just wouldn't engage the human solution. A little bit, you know, came on the show once or twice, but just wouldn't, wouldn't engage it. Mm-hmm. Ended universe. up in prison. Yeah. A guy in Arizona, same thing, big community leader everybody loved doing. He was actually part of the human solution for a while, but just wouldn't engage it when it came time to his own trial. Mm-hmm. Ended up in prison. Wow. Um, another, another case, um, you know, just recently. I mean, there's been, I, I've just watched case after case after case. And the dude up in New Jersey, same mm-hmm. thing, busy tooting his own horn, and I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I have been that guy. I tooted my own horn because I had to. But while I was tooting my horn, I was asking for everybody to come and help, yeah. to stand united, to be part of the human solution. That's what my message was. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to prison. Yeah. I didn't. I, I got convicted, but because of the people that came together mm-hmm. and stood by me, I got exonerated. And I thought to myself, I learned that that can work. That's why I'm so goddamn passionate about this, because it can work. And yet, I just see person after person after person. Unfortunately, I see Ruggles the same type, and it just breaks my heart, because I'm like, I can't force my help on you. I can't force the organization that is made up of people who care enough to do something. Mm -hmm.
6: I can't force them to do something for you if you don't want it. And so in this case, it's more it's more about Mike than it is about the plant. Of that's course, what, you know, and that and that kind of is unfortunate because that's where my commitment is. Right. Plant. Right. And right. Of course, I care about people. Of oh, course. Wrong, but, yeah. You know, it's, it's, I felt like, in, like I was um, not really necessary <laughs> there. Yeah. You know, so I I kind of just had to back off. But he's got some good people around him. Good. There's a, a, a gentleman by the name of Brent Harris. Who will be picking up good. with the duties that I had, and we'll be supporting him with. That's fantastic. Uh, we had a little fundraiser going, and got a bit of money. So <laughs> excellent. Well, you know, and and the
5: thing is, is when we're doing this and we're organizing and 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 you know building a chapter and, and you know acting as a leader, it gets frustrating sometimes because what good's a leader if nobody'll follow, right? But the truth is. You're more than a leader. You're a beacon. Mm-hmm. You you are never going to know the people you touch. It's right. never going to happen. You were at court, and you were representing, and you touched some people, mm-hmm. people that you may never talk to. Mm-hmm. You may never know their names, but you did. Mm-hmm. I know it. I feel it from across the sea. <laughs> I know it happens because it always happens. It happens yeah. every time we do this. Yeah. And then that's the difficult thing is because, you know, when we do something, we want to feel – the cause and the effect. We right. want to feel that if I do this, I'm, something good is going to come of it, mm-hmm. and, and I, I can not so much control it but um, feel the effect of it mm-hmm. so that you yeah. know when you're doing it right. You do it more that way and less that way. Yeah. It, it's hard when you're just out there doing it. You just don't know yeah. if I did any good. But yeah. here's what will happen is over time, if you have to keep doing it, mm-hmm. eventually people will respond to you. Mm-hmm and you will find that you'll get a phone call out of nowhere from somebody you never met that says, you know what, I just want to thank you, because mm-hmm. I was out at this mm-hmm. place, and I heard you say this thing, and I listened, yeah. and we never met. You don't even know who I am, but that thing you said or that thing you did touched me, hmm. affected my family, affected those around me, and you made a difference. Hmm. That's what will happen. All right. So, you know, and to everybody who's listening, um... There's nothing more frustrating sometimes than, you know, trying to do the right thing with with people that are not necessarily willing to do it. But you look throughout yeah. all of history, and you look at the leaders, the true leaders, and you look at the uh, the prophets and the, the the people that have that have you know helped a people rise up out of despair. There's always been times when they were all alone,
6: no, or they no.
5: felt like it. it had to be. They were locked yeah. up in prison, or they were. Or they were chastised, they were exiled, they were put out, mm. and yet they stood tall, mm-hmm. and they kept going, and eventually the people figured it out.
6: So, yeah.
5: it's just an historical,
6: it's just the way it is, human nature, we're, we're a, a dullard of a race. to try to figure out what motivates people to do what they do. You, you you almost just don't even do that,
5: you just do the right thing, you yeah. just, you know, you just shine on, <laughs> that's all you can do. So... Anyway, so now you've left uh, Hawaii and you're back over here on the mainland and you're heading off to New Mexico. Yeah, and um, right. New Mexico apparently has a pretty decent uh, climate for cannabis, but I guarantee you there are still people having grief there. They don't seem to have the
6: same kind like what we're experiencing here. Well, in, and in I, Hawaii, think, I think what like.
5: happens, here's what happens, and, I, and you will find it, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't make the news.
6: Okay.
5: People don't always talk about it. Um, it's, it's you know, most cases, if you were to go to court, figure out where their drug court is, because mm-hmm. every court has a drug court. Yep. Every court has that one room that everybody that has drug charges goes to. goes to. And you go find that, and you sit in it, you will find that people have pot cases. Mm-hmm. You will find it. And most of them plead out. Most of them don't fight their cases. Most of them do their diversion or whatever it is they have to do and pay their fines and go on about their lives, but the truth is there are people that are facing drug charges, drug charges. in New Mexico. <laughs> so, uh, and that's why I always say, you know, we're a beacon. we got to just be out there and let yeah. people know, hey, we're here. We're a civil rights organization. We're not a pot group. No. We're a civil rights organization and we believe that you know, no one should lose their freedoms over a plant. You know, I say no one should go to jail for a plant. Of course, yeah. that's like a given. But yeah, no one should lose their freedoms at all. No one should lose their job.
6: Free. No you know? one should. No
5: one should not be able to use this plant. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. No one should feel like they they don't get to. You know, you think about the people that. Um, have charges and they're now on bail or on probation, mm-hmm. and a condition of their bail or their probation is that
2: you don't get to use
5: the yeah, plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you need it? Yeah, well, like so many people do. There so many people are suffering mm-hmm. and even dying mm-hmm. because they're not getting this plant. Yeah, as a result of a case in a place where it's legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it happens everywhere. So, I think that that's a big part of it. Is is you know. Um, getting your voice and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, even getting people together to talk, Um, having a meeting like what Glenn's doing and and what Pete's doing, and uh, we're going to be bringing both of them up real real quick here. Mm -hmm. Um, Having that discussion about the plant a lot of times will cause people to uh, feel comfortable enough to Mm -hmm. talk about that thing that happened to their cousin Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know that New Mexico is a very – conservative place it's a very you know people uh, keep to themselves and mind their own they're friendly mm-hmm. folks some of the most friendly folks I've ever met my mm-hmm. my wife's parents are from New Mexico oh,
6: my. and
5: uh, down south in Cruces uh-huh. and uh, Cruces, yeah. I spent um, a couple of times I've been out there and I I've never met such friendly people except for Canadians Canadians <laughs>
1: Have the New Mexicans be. There's nobody (laughs) friendlier than the Canadians.
5: I'm sorry. I just love the Canadians. They're the nicest people on the planet. (laughs) Nobody nicer than the Canadians. But the New Mexicans have have a a close second maybe. I mean, the people will will smile at you, wave at you when you're driving by, and they don't know you. They're just saying, hey, Mm
6: -hmm.
5: you know, they tip their hat to you. They'll they'll stop and, and, and let you pass. They'll open the
6: door for you. Just friendly folk. Well, when I was uh, under charges in Oklahoma, that's when I became aware of uh, New Mexico okay. and how their laws were just better for someone like me who was going to be on probation. But well, compared to Oklahoma, <laughs> oh, <God. Yeah. laughs> there
5: isn't a whole lot of places that aren't better than Oklahoma.
6: No.
5: <laughs> Maybe Oklahoma. Kansas, but
6: other than that, there's not much uh, not much worse than Oklahoma. I was impressed when my attorney told me, he said, man, you've got to take this plea. He said, because in Oklahoma, he says, uh, he says you're going to get a jury, and you might get one black person on your jury, Yeah. and that's going to be a Christian, and he's going to vote against you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, your card isn't going to help you at all. But, you know, yeah. what, was really, what was really incredible, though, was that I actually ended up with a positive drug assessment. I got a guy who actually was from uh, New Mexico. And his wife had had cancer. They were actually from Oklahoma. They moved to New Mexico because she had cancer. Wow. And she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, but he was like just tuned into me about this plant. Mm-hmm. So whereas generally you take an hour for a drug assessment, we spent two and a half wow. hours talking about. Well, there you go. And, and of course I got a positive report back on that, and I was able to be free in in New Mexico. So and just remember it's people are people wherever you go. Oh, God. And,
5: and, you know, for the good or the bad. I mean, yeah. you know, it's. but, but you know, when you think about law enforcement and judges and, and bailiffs and all the people that cause us grief, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with people. And occasionally we break through. Occasionally somebody will say the right thing to the right person and and cause a positive outcome. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen enough times that it says that it's yeah. worthwhile. Yes. Always shine when you can. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get going. We're uh, we're actually burning up the time faster than I yeah. thought. Let's go ahead and bring up Glenn first, and then we're going to bring up Pete and then Tom Corby. And I think uh, George Martirano will be calling in uh, shortly, and that will cover the whole show. So, Glenn Keeling, um, Chapter Coordinator from with our Ohio Chapter. And um, welcome to the show, Glenn. How is it going? I, I'm hoping to hear some good news.
3: Um, yeah, no, no, nothing yet. Um, I, I, think I I talked to my attorney today and, and he is pretty positive that the judge is waiting until the 14th for this phone conference that they're going to have to make a move on our case. Um, he's 85% sure that it will go in our favor because the judge has got a full plate with a lot, a lot, a lot of cases that are being indicted and or prosecuted without any evidence. Um, Our case is not the only case that's going through this, Um, which is really sad and surprising that, you you know, they can just, well, I, I can't say that it is, you know, the cops and prosecutors do whatever the hell they want when they want without any consequences and it doesn't matter whose life it screws up because in the end of the day it's not their life. So uh hopefully the fourteenth we'll hear some good news on that. Um it's just the last week and a half has been just so jam packed with doctor after doctor, after doctor, after we spent almost all day yesterday at a doctor office for both Peggy and I, um, my Crohn's is just really kicking my ass. But I mean, it, it's not so much as me. I mean, we're guys, we can, you know, just suck it up because that's what we're supposed to do. But it is harder watching my wife go through this on a day to day basis. I mean, that. It, it's. She has to go to a surgeon tomorrow. She's got another doctor's appointment, MRI, on Friday. Uh, yesterday, we had two doctor's appointments with uh, a specialist for her. Uh, it, is, it sucks. It really sucks ass. And I'm telling you, we're not the only ones in Ohio that's going through this. And I, when a couple of people have reached out because being with the Human Solution um, there's a case going on up in Toledo, Ohio, where people went and got their medicine, was back in Ohio, uh, regardless of where they got their medicine from, they are legitimate medical patients. Um, these troopers that pulled them over, threw away, uh, threw away, tore them up and threw away their medical recommendations, their, uh, Affirmative defense threw them away and told them, well, there's no medical program in Ohio. And now each one of these four people are being charged with four different felony cases (laughs) that are looking at 36 years. Um, These cops and prosecutors in Ohio are just running fucking rampant with this. I'm sorry about that. They're running rampant with (laughs) this. You know, it's it is, it is, it's it's ridiculous. You, you know, the governor signed the Medical Marijuana Act. It became effective. It became a law. Marijuana was legal to use in the state of Ohio as of September 8th of 2016. And all these cops, whether it's state cops, whether it's county cops, whether it's city cops, they're not giving a shit. They're persecuting people, our actual legitimate patients, and they're not giving a damn. And, and it's just it, it's frustrating, and it pisses us off to, to no end. You know, and you were speaking earlier about prohibition and, you know, with California being legal, and there's so many. You know, just because it's legal doesn't mean that it gives us any protection. And, and then we're all finding out that just because it's legal doesn't mean that you can't still be prosecuted, still doesn't mean that you can be made a criminal. And this is ridiculous. There's sick people, sick people that are being persecuted against and having to go through this on a day-to-day basis. It's time that we all stop being scared in our homes and come out and say, listen, I am a cannabis user. This is not right. We need to stand together. We need to educate not only ourselves, but we need to start educating the public on what is right and what is not right. And damn it, it's not right to persecute sick people for a plant.
5: I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, you know, it it, it breaks my heart to hear uh, that you guys haven't, uh, you know, gotten the breakthrough that we're looking for. Um, So I'm going to put it out there again. Um, You know, last week, we talked about uh, writing letters to the judge, and uh, a handful of people did this, um, and I put up a letter on Facebook, and it, it's on my public page, and I shared it on, on the Human Solution pages, and Albert did a letter, and he, he shared it around, um, and a couple of other people uh, sent me copies of their letter, and um, I'm, I'm giving out a bribe prize to those that did, so um and I won't tell you what it is but hopefully uh it'll be worthy of of your effort the truth is um I don't know what it takes folks what what is it going to take you to write a letter uh to help out somebody that needs your help there there could uh, it be it's 5 minutes it's literally a 5 minute effort and, right. and when That's we easy. when we do it it works mm-hmm. and and this is something that I, again I implore you you know everybody Um, You know, that's going to go up and and, and be there at the the celebration of Dennis Perlman's life Write a fucking letter, please Um, I'm I'm sorry, it's just really simple Um, You know, you're going to go celebrate a dead man's life But we have a living person who needs help And and your efforts could help Um, For everybody who's going to go to the pot show in California on Friday uh, Write a fucking letter, please you know, um, you go have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Go sell your stuff. Go buy some stuff. But write. Take five minutes and write a letter. Um, anybody I, am happy to
3: say, I am thing. happy to say that we have 35 letters that have gone to the judge so far. Um, and majority of them letters have come from people that we don't know, that we've never met. You, you know, we've had conversation with here and there, hit and miss things. And, and I'm I'm tight. the judge does read every one of them letters. So if, if if you guys don't write a letter for us, for Peggy and I, there, there is somebody in your town, somebody in your state, somebody in your city or village or wherever you live that needs a letter sent to the judge. Find somebody. Open your damn paper, because I'm telling you, they're in there. They list them there every single damn day. There is somebody in there facing some kind of a, of a pot, of cannabis charge. Right, you, Joe's right. It just takes five minutes to write a few words down on a piece of paper of meaning.
5: So All right, Glenn. Dave. Well, I I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on, and and uh, you know we're. We're right there with you. Um, you know, anything that comes up that you find that there's more that can be done, um, you know, let us know. And uh, I'll, I'll continue to keep pushing for this. Um, you know, I'm glad that we got 35. There should be 350, in my opinion, um, or 3,500. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, there's there's 350 million people in America, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a huge number of people. Um, it, it, it it should be easy to overwhelm the court with letters. Um, it should be just the easiest thing in the world. So, you know, let's work at it. Let's keep training. That's what this is all about, is every time you write another letter, it gets easier. You know, I crank them out like nothing. I don't even think about it because we do it. It's just part of our, part of our experience. And um, talking about it, hopefully, gets more people that are doing it. Hopefully, honestly, I hope that of those 35 letters you received, uh, 34 of them were very first time anybody ever did it. And then hopefully they'll do it again and
3: teach somebody right. else. Well, I greatly appreciate you letting me come on, you know, every week and, and have something to say and have a forum and have people listen. You know, it, it's, it's really nice. And, and, Joe, I'm telling you, hands down, you are one of the greatest people that I know that I've had the honor of meeting. And, and I thank you for all the support that you and the organization has given us uh, and I I really, I cannot say enough about how much you guys have supported us. You know, Albert, love the letter, man. Thank you very much for the letter you wrote. Really greatly appreciated it.
5: Well, that's what it's all about. You're, we're either part of the problem or we're part of the solution. So I choose to be part of the solution, and I, I urge you all to do the same. So, Glenn Keeling with the Ohio chapter, I appreciate uh, you being here, and uh, If somebody wants to participate in Ohio, how do they reach you?
3: They can find me on Facebook. It's pretty easy. Glenn Keeling, the long-haired guy with glasses. Or you can give me a call at 419-863-0498.
5: Excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, best of you and Peggy. And, and, uh, you know, this will be over soon. I know when I was locked up, that was one of the things that got me through. Every morning I'd wake up and... I would say to myself, there's going to come a day when I'm not going to be here. And sure as shit, here I am. Yeah. So it's going to be the same thing. One day this will be over and you'll be able to uh, move forward and, and, and fight without all of this encumbrance.
3: Right on. Thank you. Thank you again very much for all the support, Joan. Thanks for having me on.
5: You betcha. All right, folks, once again, Glenn Keeling from Ohio. Up next, we got Pete Yapel from New York. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Pete is, uh, and his wife, Helen, have championed our chapter up there. And, uh, you know, they are walking the walk. They have a, a podcast they do on Mondays, and um, they're out there. They found a, a, a location up in Sugarloaf uh, where they're able to start uh, teaching some, some classes, some workshops about the plant. And, you know, it's not just teaching people about prohibition. Uh, because a lot of people just don't understand. They feel like, well, why wouldn't the government want to stop something that's bad? And in their mind, pot is bad, because that's what they've been told. And so it just makes sense that the government would try to restrict the ability for us to have something that's bad, when the truth is it's not bad, (laughs) and it doesn't hurt people the way – that the people that think it's bad think it does. Yes, yes. And so having a discussion about the plant in some ways is equally as important as having a discussion about prohibition and what we can do about it. Because I believe if people understand the truth about a plant that is demonized and stigmatized and, and, and you know, cast in such a dark light, if there's such a thing, um, to give the truth, to, to shine the 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 true light on it, would cause any rational person to question prohibition, mm-hmm. to challenge it and say, wait a minute, why is that being made illegal when it caused any harm,
1: mm-hmm.
5: when nobody's ever died from it, when it actually does help people? Why is it considered non-medical when it does have medical uses? Even so much so that. that there's a yeah. government patent that says it has medical use. Why is that? How come? Hashtag, how come? That's, that's a big part of all of this. All right, before I bring up Pete Gapel, I want to bring up a point. And um, Becca Nichols brought this to my attention yesterday. And Becca's our treasurer and an executive director and our bookkeeper and our media coordinator, and she wears more hats than I do, for God's sake. Um, but Becca's son picked up a case. For protesting and whatever the charge was, doesn't even matter, was given community service. Well, when a court gives community service as part of a, of a penalty or, a, or a, a sentence, they say, well, you have um, a list of, of uh, groups or, or companies that you can fulfill fulfill mm-hmm. these community service hours. But the truth is, virtually any 501c3 that offers community service hours, a court will allow. Mm -hmm. And the human solution, as it stands, is a federally recognized 501c3 uh, charitable organization. So uh, we are allowed by most courts to fulfill community service hours. And we have fulfilled community service hours in, I don't know, seven or eight states. Mm. And we've fulfilled hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I've personally signed for them. There's been a couple of cases where the judge didn't allow it, and upon further investigation, we found out that the defendant had been a troublemaker and pissed the judge off personally, (laughs) and and caused there to be more scrutiny to what the what the defendant was doing. So, um, but short of that, I mean, I've signed off hours in Texas before, Hmm. so um, and. The defendant was given full credit for for mm-hmm. their community service. Yeah. If you want to get your community service hours signed off by the Human Solution, you will put in volunteer hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will get credit for every hour you put in, not one more, not one less. There you go. So um, <laughs> the work that we would have you do is going to be research work, possibly showing up at a at an event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things. Writing letters. There's all kinds of things you could do to satisfy community service hours. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're disabled. It doesn't matter if you're able to walk or not. It doesn't matter if you have a computer or not. It doesn't matter if you have a car or not. Mm -hmm. There's something you could do Mm -hmm. to satisfy community service hours. So I just want everybody to be mindful of that. If you know anybody that gets some kind of a sentence, um, think about it. Go work at Goodwill or help us in Prohibition. I'm just saying. All right, Pete Yapel, Without further ado, hopefully his lovely wife Helen will be there with him. And Pete, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
7: Uh, Joe, I'm tired, stranded in my home because we just got a foot and a half of snow. It's done nothing but snow for the last twelve hours straight. And after it was seventy three days. Tell you ago. About California. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, but, laughs> no, listen. It was seventy. It was seventy three days ago. <laughs> now I got a foot of snow out my front door. It's just I don't know, crazy Mother Nature. But listen, man. I, I want to I just say one thing. Like, like you say, you know, there, there's there's pet peeve things with you. Like, you know, people saying cannabis isn't a drug, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I have a pet peeve, and Glenn just happened to say it. And I love Glenn, and I, I, I I'm not calling him out or nothing. But he made the statement that they were real medical patients. Hold the fuck on. I'm a real medical patient. I don't possess a card. But I don't give a shit because I shouldn't have to pay for permission to treat the way I want to to get my government's permission and okay I think to go and do it. I, I know what he was saying and how he was saying it because they were paid. I get, I get that. But my point is is we're all medical patients. What the hell is the difference whether we paid for the right or we, we so that the government can give us permission? To me, that's ridiculous. But yeah, as far as what me and Helen are doing… Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just my, my opinion. You know, I mean, I think everybody has the right to the plant. If you're ill, the plant will help you. It won't just help you if you pay your state $300 for a card. It's going to help I you whether you that pay card, that or not.
4: I think the card is bogus. I think that the card is, is – uh, it goes against your HIPAA laws. It's a violation. Absolutely. I, I, who – why? I know? I know here the reason why they were doing – well, one of the things they were utilizing it for was to literally hoard marijuana patients one day a week to their doctor. They couldn't if they visited their marijuana doctor on a Tuesday, and Tuesday wasn't the wasn't the marijuana day because Wednesday's
7: marijuana day, can't even discuss. yeah, marijuana even if it's doctor. the same even if it's your physician is the same physician, yeah, because now you're going to a specialist. So you couldn't see because me, there's me. other patients yes. around you that are there. For
5: Western medicine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And absolutely. and so why is that even acceptable? Right, uh, nice. right, well, absolutely. let me just throw one one thought down first, and then and then I'll, I'm going to turn it back over. I know, and, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna bring up I'm going to be Glenn for a second, and I know what he was saying wasn't even so much about the legitimacy of being a medical patient, but it was the legitimacy of having an affirmative defense, having gone through that bullshit that they shouldn't have had to, but they did, and they had that piece of paper that that cop was supposed to have respected and was supposed to have honored, and instead that cop took that and tore it up, regardless of how ridiculous it was that you should even have it. I I just wanted to lay that down in Glenn's behalf, but I 100% agree.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I understood what he was saying. I hundred I hundred percent understand that that yes, because he had you know is in a state and he did go about the legal process. It should be more respected. It should be respected. Period. Let alone more respected than someone that wasn't. But my point in general is, is that we shouldn't have to have these goddamn cards to begin with. Yeah, it shouldn't freaking should. matter. It is it is against every again of my. Civil and human rights as a human being, and my personal, uh, my personal information, my personal information isn't allowed to anybody else unless I sign it over anyway. Unless it's public exactly. record, so why does my health now become public record? So that, that that's the SME is where we have to draw the line with that. But secondly, like you uh, were saying, me and Helen, me and Helen do have this class going on, and I, I, I think along the same lines as you though, you know, is that with the when people can understand the plant like i would love to be able to bring plants to these events so people could touch them and understand they're not going to die or get poison ivy or grow a third eye you know if they touch the plant you know you, you know understand that the plant's there to do nothing but help you you know we obviously can't do that in our state but but i mean i think it would that would help too but educating people and letting people know that what you've been told is completely wrong. This saves the lives and helps the quality of life of millions of people on a daily basis, whether they're public out of the closet or not. There's millions of people using cannabis as medicine. And again, we cannot say cannabis isn't a drug if we call it medicine. You know, we, we have to understand that there are good medicines and there are bad medicines. We might not want to – when we use the word drug, yes, when we hear the word drug, the first thing that goes to our mind is an opiate or is a street drug. But to the, to the person that isn't a believer, cannabis is on that list. It's right on the list with them. So they're the heads we got to get turned. They're the people that have to understand because I think once we erase stigma, as you're saying, when people do get called for jury cases – they're going to have that morality built back into them that sense of compassion and knowing that people aren't just doing this you know just you know as a get rich quick scheme but at the same time when they are charging you 60% sales tax cuz that's what it is it's closer to 60% not just 25 it might be 25 in the local municipality but statewide and everything else it's just if not more tax than cigarettes and alcohol So it's falling in a sixty percent tax break. You're paying sixty cents before you even get forty cents worth of fucking pot for your dollar. So I mean, it 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 it's ridiculous. Of course people are going to go to the black market. And like you said, hell, people have been treating with oils forever. You know, forever. I mean, since the seventies, continually. And how much of that is tested? And how many died compared to how many were saved? So please, man. You know, we, we don't need to be over-regulated.
3: This is bullshit.
5: <coughs> I couldn't agree more. Well, tell us about your next class and um, where, where that is and when it is, and how does somebody get a hold of you guys uh, to be part of the chapter in New York?
7: Absolutely. You can reach Helen and I at thsi at gmail.com. That's our Solidarity over Separation. That's our New York chapter uh, e- e- email address. You can also get uh, get in touch with either one of us. Yeah, My phone number call. is 845 522 3162. Helen's is 352 no, 499. Oh, 299. Nine. Sorry, 1473. I-, I don't ever call her. I just push up Helen. Uh, <laughs>
5: All right, you guys. Well, it's always um, a pleasure to, to to hear what's going on yeah, out a- there. And uh, sorry about all the snow. Uh, it must be that global warming. I'm not quite sure. Uh- <laughs> I don't
7: know. But the class, though, is the 16th. Uh, is the first class is the 16th uh, of this month, which is a week from Friday. It's going to be. It's labeled just Cannabis 101. We're going to do a brief history of can. The brief history of the cannabis plant. The endocannabinoid system, a breakdown of the CBDs and how they uh, the, of of the cannabinoids within the plant plant, uh, and, and it'll be an all brief overview our our first class, and then each class will just roll and pick up from from the beginning and build upon it. Uh, you know where uh, uh, where where people can finally at the end of the day, you know at the end of the day, just have an understanding and and know what cannabinoids to look for, what profiles to look for when they're when they're looking for their strand I meant
5: strand. <laughs> <laughs> that's <to> go, <laughs> oh, I love it I love it all right well knowledge is power and you know that's the key to it hopefully you guys are going to record these classes and uh yeah, you know we'll great. be able to uh to share this um as a resource
7: Absolutely, Absolutely, that's the plan. And Albert, man, peace, brother. Good luck to you in New Mexico. Safe
4: travels, man. Get there safe.
7: Excellent. Thank you
4: all. All right, you
5: guys, always a treat. Pete and Helen Yapel, our chapter in New York, Solidarity Over Separation. Uh, I love the new names of these chapters. we got the uh, Creative Care Beacon and Solidarity Over Separation. Um, you know, it's really putting some thought and energy into it. All right, up next we got George Martirano. George Martirano is an icon in the community. He's a man who uh, served 32 years in federal prison for a crime that had no victim. And instead of becoming embittered and uh, beaten down and, and, and cold and hard, he remains steadfast in his beliefs and uh, positive in his outlook, and he's educated and inspired and written and done more good from behind bars and most people do in their whole lives, um, free to do as they see fit. Now George is a free man, and he hasn't forgot where he came from, and he hasn't forgot what's important, and he stands with the human solution as a lifetime member, and he's got a lot of good words to share. One of the things that George says is we all need to talk. We all need to to have a conversation and, you know, take a couple of minutes every day and and try to find somebody to talk to. George has got such uh, an eloquence about him. Without further ado, George Martirano, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Joe. Hi, my friends out west. Uh, sorry, I'm a little late today, but uh, you know it's a lot of snow, and I actually left my phone somewhere, and I had a I had a tread uh, to uh, you know to the storm to actually get retrieve my phone. I actually, uh, I'm in a real cold spot doing this. <laughs> Doing the show My feet are cold But uh, oh, no, You know The show must go on Anyway uh, show, go on.
5: Take one for the team My yeah, friend
0: <laughs> Show must go on Anyway Interesting uh, This last night I was uh, At a, a Restaurant And a Very prominent doctor uh, In the city Just start signing uh, You know Getting uh, at The medical uh, uh, Prescription So you can uh, You can go get your cannabis They opened the, up Think two dispensaries outside the city, not in the city yet. No, and, uh, and he was amazed because the description he wrote was—I uh, uh, can't remember the illness right now—but uh, you know was administered to uh, drops under the tongue, and and he wrote the prescription, and the person left, and the same within the same day, the person uh, uh, got this doctor and said it worked; he was feeling fine. And uh, and the doctor was just a shot because this, this guy's a very prominent doctor. He's never got involved uh, in the cannabis industry in any way. But I asked him why, uh, you know, why did he write the script? And he said, it was a kind of you, George. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, since I met you, since you've been home, and uh, when I asked you questions uh, about the cannabis industry, you take your time and you to me and you explain and uh, and that's why I got into it. So I, I was, happy to, that.
1: oh, I was happy to hear that.
0: So it's just one story. Remember what, a, what you just said a few minutes ago? It's just everyone just has to talk, you know, talk to someone. I mean, this doctor is very, 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 uh, very wealthy, I imagine, because he yeah, has been a hard doctor for a lot, a lot of years. But now he's taking the steps. So I told him, well, let's go a step further, I said, no, you know, learn more about it. Uh, I said, do you, do you know you could actually uh, get involved in uh, not only writing the descriptions for people to help themselves, but getting involved in actually producing your own medicine, cannabis medicine. So he wanted, his eyes got bigger. Well, and I said, yes, you can actually label your own product. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if you can write a script and you can tell that person to actually go into that dispensary and ask for your product? And he just, he didn't know he can do that. So <laughs> you know, it's just—it's just now. I took my time to speak to this doctor on more than one occasion. Not—not not long, not no hour long discussion, a few minutes, and speaking then for a few minutes. Now, a whole, a whole new world opened up in his medical field. So that—that that is important. Now, that's just one patient. Okay, what about the next patient and the next patient and the next patient? And I know it's going to happen in a short time. He's probably going to take me to dinner with some other doctors and want to learn how they can get more involved in, in this. You know, the bottom line is, you know, making, making money. I understand that. But the bigger, the bigger bottom line is helping ill people because when the doctor really writes the script, it's for someone that's ill. So Pennsylvania is slowly evolving uh, and, uh, to help people. I just made a trip to Florida and down that state. I, I just don't understand it. Nothing's going, moving forward. Nothing's got their act together. And there's a state that actually voted, voted uh, for cannabis use, in, uh, cannabis use in the medical field. Nothing, nothing has developed. So, uh, again, what do you do? What do you do? Well, I go down. As soon as I heard the state wasn't moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as I heard the state, would, I put my myself out there. Well, I said, if you need – because I did a lot of speaking when I first came home and Florida, and uh, it's still not moving forward. So, again, I offered myself to go around speaking as much as I can to help move along the issue. So, uh, you know, it's always it's, – it's, it's a work in progress. I don't know when, when there's an end. When there's an end, but you just got to keep doing it, Joe. Keep doing it.
5: That's how we roll. Well, George, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, you know, you, you walk the walk. You, you talk the talk, and that's the key. Every day we make the world a little better. We educate somebody. We inspire them. We, we make them curious. Uh, we make them want to learn more. And it's just by being ourselves and, and talking about what's important. So it seems to be working.
2: Well,
0: you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to freedom, but, you know, there was times in prison, you know, I said this before on the show, there was a prison in America that I had, had been in all those torturous years where there wasn't, there wasn't cannabis being smoked somewhere in the institution. But, uh, you know, uh, I think I wrote about it. You know, there was people that terminally ill in prison and they were going to die there. And we, we actually ministered to them, uh, you know, cannabis in the cell Just to make them Just to make them smile Just to make them laugh Just to make them eat So, you know, we we took care of the ill in prison Which was very, very dark The atmosphere, very gray life But, uh, you know When someone's lying on a bunk And they're, and they're, and they're, there's, there's nothing much left to them And their life is short And you sit there In the chair next to them And uh, when they're enjoying some cannabis And they and they crack a smile on a face that's uh, going to be still forevermore. You know that's something you don't you don't forget, ladies and gentlemen. So we have to get these people to stop hating and understanding. We must make them understand. And I wish, uh, and I wish I can apply that scene to uh, you know the powers that be in Washington. You know, someone ready to die and. Enjoying a little cannabis and having some peace before they do die, and they many of them died. I wanted to share that with everyone.
5: I think a little bit by little bit, I think that's happening more and more. And uh, you know, it just it just we just got to stay the course. And I think uh, yeah. as, as we do, I think we're gaining faster than we're losing. And I think you know, it's a, it's a slow road to hoe, but I think we're. I think we're ultimately going to get there. I think there's enough of us that care enough to to keep pushing and keep pushing to, to get it done once it's wrong. hopefully it happens in our lifetime
0: okay, brothers, okay
5: all right, George. Always a pleasure, and uh we'll talk to you next time.
0: okay, See you guys next week. Take care
5: all right once again, George Mar Toronto. All right, last call. We have Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. Tom Corby, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show.
8: Thanks, Joe, and Becca, Barry, Lisa, George Maturano, and Albert Thomas for co hosting today. And I want to thank so many for my B day wishes, my 75th birthday yesterday, and.
1: my
8: what's that Happy birthday. Birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. yeah and so what's that say seventy five years old I've been using cannabis for fifty years. I quit the cigarettes about forty five forty six years ago uh so did my wife donna uh actually, both of us have uh back back when we only had three finger uh fifteen dollar uh mexican uh and uh i we always wondered why uh it made me feel uh just give it always gave me an over feeling of well being uh, i only realized that and i've using uh tincturing and using uh medicinal herbs for years. I finally came to the realization. So did Donna that, uh, cannabis is in fact, a medicinal herb. And I finally realized one of the reasons why with our studies, with our doctor, Dr. Alan Badge all our, our masters that, uh, in the medicine that, it, that uh, we're getting the cannabinoids that our our body needs. Uh, so thank you all again. And, uh, <clears throat> and for coming together and helping to be the solution and prohibition. Uh I was thinking of uh Glenn Keaton up there in Ohio, uh, Alex Lyons, Ohio and has a case up there. Uh and then uh, I wanna wish him a lot of luck with the judge. Uh it's just amazing uh all the court supports we've done, Joe. Uh that not only <clears throat> A lot of the d a s prosecutors don't don't even have any 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 kind of evidence that they won't allow yours in anyway, so again uh what's it get down to, you always follow the money uh they don't care about us they just want to make their money and run and uh go to our public defenders George uh, toron again uh it's just amazing. I just can't imagine when we talk about icons that 33 years in federal prison and uh, he still looks amazing and always that he does. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say up here in Northern California. I I bring it out every week. The reasons why we're setting huge precedents up here, thanks you folks like Joe Grumbine and the many that have that, that come up here for us, stood their ground. We backed uh, Bue County down here, all of our cases, uh, with Nick Moran winning his acquittal. By the way, he's here today. We're going to have a party this Saturday, uh, my birthday party's here, and since his best. uh All the cases <clears throat> have been dismissed. Uh, really don't have much on my calendar. I'd always like to point out, I think it's so important, how do we do this? Bill so we'll tell you. We advocate. We get our discovery. Uh, we throw the 995 dismiss probable cause motion. Uh, generally, all these cases, uh, there's really no probable cause and there's also entrapment involved. So that's, that's the message from Northern California from, from all of us. And uh, Thank you all today um, Help be the solution. And the end, vision today, no one should be going to yell for our plan. And don't forget to breathe.
5: Thank you, you thank you, Tom <laughs> Corby. And, um, you know, I uh, started the show with a bad attitude, but I have a much better disposition right now. I want to thank you all for being a part of the show, being a part of the solution. I want to thank Albert Thomas for joining me Today and uh, I'll
3: see y'all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail
5: for a plant.
7: Little things I should have said and done. You were always on my.